God gives us the opportunity for salvation through Jesus Christ so that we can do His will, so we can attain eternal life and reward. Doing what we want gets us nowhere. Following our carnal and sinful desires only gets us one thing, hell. God's will is the only thing that can give us access to the things that only God can give. There is no eternity in the devil and in the things of the world. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today, we will be talking about praying for God's will. We live during a time when most people are mainly focused on accomplishing their own selfish will and desires. Society encourages people to only be concerned about their own happiness and achievements, but the ultimate reward for that is not good. Doing God the Father's will is the only thing that will lead to eternal life and reward. Living for any other purpose or desire, no matter how good and noble they may seem, will only bring about corruption and death as an end. Today's message is inspired on Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 53. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, holy God, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessed are you, O Lord, forever and ever, O Lord God, for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the love that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you have been truly good. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you please help us to understand, Lord God, that your will is what matters the most, because in your will is that we can find eternal life. Heavenly Father, help us, O God, to be sensitive to your will, to your ways, and that even though it may prove to be difficult to follow your will, but help us to understand that the end is eternal life and eternal reward. Heavenly Father, I pray that you please forgive our sins and our wrongs, and help us, O Lord, to be conscious of what we do. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage is in Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 53. This is the word of the Lord. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to him, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this, 
and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is one of the many passages we are taught to pray for the Father's will. We always need to remember that Jesus is our example to follow. He taught us with his life experiences while here on earth. And so we must pray for the Father's will as well. And from a very practical perspective, his will is always best for us. There is nothing better. Now some might think, how can his will be better when it can even bring about a great deal of suffering? And that is true. There can be suffering and hardship involved with doing the Father's will, but the outcome, the final product, is what matters the most. While reading this passage, we need to remember that although Jesus is about to go through the most excruciating experience anyone could ever go through, it was the Father's will for him to go through that. Despite the horror he was about to face, eternal glory and purpose was awaiting him on the other side. The Lord Jesus Christ were going to experience the greatest injustice ever possible, that the righteous, the just, the sinless would pay for sinners. This is what is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so the, the horrific event of the cross in the Lord's life would produce eternal life and glory for us. Without this sacrifice, we would have no hope, no future, no purpose, nothing whatsoever. So God's purpose, although it involved extreme hardship, was going to produce the only possible way to salvation for us. So his will through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was going to bring about the greatest benefit we could ever have, and not only where we were benefited eternally, the Lord Jesus Christ was also benefited in that he would be more worthy than before. He was and is God, the second person of the Trinity. But because of this extreme obedience to the Father to endure the cross and everything that came with it, he would become that much more worthy through his obedience, through his determination. The word of God says this, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which was in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And so the Lord Jesus Christ will be honored for all eternity for his obedience to the Father's will, and we will be eternally benefited because of his sacrificial obedience on the cross. Out of death and pain springs forth eternal life, joy, peace, and love, all made possible by fulfilling the Father's will. The word also says this in Isaiah chapter 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, 
He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors, praying for things that are his will. The Father's will and purpose was to bring about even greater glory and honor for his only begotten Son, and make possible eternal life, reward, and glory for us. Now, what is the way we can have the Father's will? We have to pray for it. We need to remember that the Lord even taught us to pray for it in what we would call the model or example prayer. If we go back to Matthew chapter 6, it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, we do need to get one thing very clear with this. The Father's will shall be accomplished, no matter what happens, whether we pray for it or not. The difference is that when we pray for it, we will form part of it, and that's where we get involved with God's purpose, with His will. There is no other way for us to get involved. God is not going to force His beneficial will upon us. That is all voluntary. God shows the path. He provides the opportunity, especially for salvation. But we must decide to follow it. Free will is always involved. Let's look for a moment at the prophet Isaiah, where we see in Isaiah chapter 6, this account. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? 
Then I said, here I am, send me. So you see, doing the Father's will is all voluntary. After Isaiah was cleansed from his sin, he volunteered to do God's will. Isaiah prayed, here I am, send me. And after he heard the celestial voice of the Trinity. And so we see the prayer is essential. And not only to use prayer to ask God for his will to be done, but we must also pray always so we can endure what we find along the way. We need to be ready. Remember that Jesus told his disciples right before being arrested that they should pray so that they wouldn't enter into temptation. They needed to be ready for what was coming. But we see what happened. They were not ready. They all ran in fear when Jesus was arrested. Peter even went ahead and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant, doing something that certainly was not what Jesus had told him to do. The only reason why they were able to come back to being faithful to the Lord was because the Lord himself had prayed for them. Otherwise, not only would they have scattered after his arrest and crucifixion, but they would have completely fallen away and never returned. This is what we read in John chapter 17. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And so we see quite clearly the Lord's intercession for his disciples, for this time of trial that they were going to face. So part of the lesson here is that we must pray to be ready for whatever may come our way. Now, like we mentioned and saw before, his will is best, but we can find a lot of human and carnal hardship along the way. But why may hardship be involved with the Father's will? What is the purpose? And this is what the word teaches us in James chapter one. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What we need to understand is that this world is a place for decision and for preparation, if you will. 
That's the purpose of this world and for this life. This is all transitory, temporary. The world and everything in it are passing. So we should not think about this place like if this is all there is, because it isn't. It's the very tip of the iceberg, if you will. There is more to reality and the universe than this moment in time we are familiar with. God's kingdom and purpose are infinite and eternal, two very difficult things for our limited and finite minds to comprehend. But just because this infinity and eternity God has is almost incomprehensible does not mean that they don't exist. Just because we cannot fully understand something does not make it non-existent. But in order to receive the things that only God can give, we must be ready for them. Otherwise, we will not receive them. We will not inherit them. We will not be allowed into his kingdom. This knowledge, this faith, is what can help us even count being in various trials as joy. Because if God allows for us to go through these trials, then that means that he is giving us the opportunity to have what he has to offer. He is testing us and preparing us for things to come. That is why it is so important to endure, to abide, to remain in him. We must overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. We see that trials are the only way we will be made perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's why we are even encouraged to pray for wisdom, so we can learn through the experiences and circumstances we're allowed to go through, so we can know what to do as we go through them. But there can be no doubt, and doubt comes when we don't stop being double-minded. Now, what does that mean? Double-minded means that a person is thinking about the afterlife, but they are also drawn by the things of the world. There is an inconsistency in their belief. At one moment, they could have certain determination to follow God's will, but at another time, and especially at the time of decision, they think more about this world and let themselves be drawn away by their carnal inclinations. That is what makes them unstable. And if they don't get rid of that instability, if they don't overcome the sin in their life through the Lord Jesus Christ, they will never come to form part of God's will and purpose. And like that, miss out on eternal life and reward. This is what the word of God also says in James chapter one. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. What temptation is being mentioned here? We need to notice that when the word temptation is mentioned here, that it is something being mentioned in a singular form. The temptation that is being spoken of here is the temptation of falling away from our faith in the Lord. The devil is always tempting us so we can fall away from faith in the Lord. The devil's desire is for us to just give in, to give up, to just say, I'm through with this and don't want to do it anymore. The only way that we will be approved by God himself 
when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, is by overcoming in Christ, by enduring faithfully, looking to do the Father's will through our life, no matter what the cost, until we breathe our last breath. This is the way we are found worthy through the Lord, by doing the Father's will with the right intentions in our heart. This is the Lord's warning to us all. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. This is ultimately the reason, personally, for why we need to pray for the Lord's will, because it's the only way we will be saved. God gives us the opportunity for salvation through Jesus Christ, so that we can do his will, so we can attain eternal life and reward. Doing what we want gets us nowhere. Following our carnal and sinful desires only gets us one thing, hell. God's will is the only thing that can give us access to the things that only God can give. There is no eternity in the devil and in the things of the world. No other faith or belief can give us what only the Lord God Almighty can give us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I would urge you, follow the Lord's example and pray for and do the Father's will, no matter what the cost, so you can also attain what only God can give. For it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Love God, serve God, and be ready in the Lord no matter what the cost, because it is well worth it for your own eternal good and benefit. The Father's will can be challenging from a human or carnal perspective, because our carnality is at odds with His will. But we need to remember that corruption cannot inherit the kingdom of God, for it is written, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. This is why we need to shed that which is corruption in our lives, which is ultimately sin. And that's what the Father's will in our lives aims to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. For it is also written, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This is why we must do the Father's will if we want to attain eternal life, if we want to live forever. And this is precisely why the Father's will is challenging, because we ultimately need to be made ready for what is coming. That is the practical reason for why we need to pray for God's will. God's intentions are to prepare those that are found worthy through the Lord Jesus Christ for the coming age, for the eternal purpose He has in store for those that love Him. If we don't change, and are not transformed from our sinful and fallen state to the likeness of Jesus Christ, we will not be allowed to enter his kingdom and least of all, inherit the eternal things of God. God's will and desire is for us to have those things, but he's not going to force us to change. Ultimately, he's not going to force us to love him. We need to come to love him through his enlightening, by valuing his love for us but based on our own free will. And so we need to use our will to seek His will, His desire. Pray for God's will in your life. Ask Him to help you to do His will and to endure whatever is necessary. This is a certainty that if you ask Him to help you align with Him and to do His will, He will certainly answer that prayer. Honor the Lord, for it is written, for those who honor me, 
I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I praise you and I worship you, Lord God. Help us to understand, Lord God, through all perspectives, that your will is what should really matter to us. Heavenly Father, help us to seek you. Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive to you, Lord God. Help us to understand the value that is in doing your will. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, and that your will may be done in our lives, but for good and for blessing. I pray, Heavenly Father, for everyone that is listening. I pray, O Lord God, that you help them to understand. Open their hearts, their understanding, their minds, Lord God, and help them to understand, Lord God, Heavenly Father, that they must live for you, that they must follow your ways, that they must submit to your will so that they can have eternal life. I pray all of this, O Lord God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.